0: Hi everyone, welcome to HubShots episode 270. In this episode, we look at how to be efficient with HubSpot across your sales, marketing, and service hubs. In this episode, it'll be jam-packed with all the things you can do and the thoughts for 2022. You're listening to Asia Pacific's number one HubSpot-focused podcast, where we discuss HubSpot tips, tricks, and strategies for growing your sales, service, marketing, and operations results. My name is Ian Jacob from Search and Be Found, and with me is Craig Bailey from Zen Systems. How are you, Craig?
1: I am refreshed, relaxed, and recharged, Ian. If uh, your end of year was anything like mine, and listeners, if this was the case for you as well, you probably were exhausted at the end of 2021. And of course, there's a whole lot of stuff going on globally as well, but wow, what a great chance to relax and recharge and power ahead in 2022.
0: That's right. And it was good to have a break. And that's probably why you guys haven't heard heard from us for a, while, for a couple of weeks. But it's it's probably the first time in, what, six years, Craig, hey? That we haven't recorded over Christmas and New Year. So here you go. Now, Craig, you created a quick video, which I want to highlight to listeners. A two-minute chat about perspective. And I'd encourage everyone to look at it. And listeners, when you're looking at it, or when you're watching it, I should actually say Craig has gone on this little journey Well, he's learning how to edit videos. So he's actually edited this video. He didn't tell me when he asked for feedback that he'd done this, but I encourage you all to get the show notes and click on it to have a look and see the video. Don't worry about the sound or don't comment about the sound, but he has some great insights into perspective in that video. All right, let's talk about efficiency and effectiveness with HubSpot.
1: You know what? I think this could almost be the tagline for this show. Ian, when we talk about HubSpot, we want to be efficient and effective. Let's chat about what the difference between the two is. Efficiency is about saving time. Actually, technically, it's about reducing waste. But for most people, that's about saving time. So, that's doing things quickly. But effectiveness is actually doing the right things. So, you don't want to do the wrong things quickly, efficiently doing the wrong things. So, you've got to have both. And as we've been planning the show, well, for the year ahead and thinking about how, where we take Hubshots, we've had these two words in mind, haven't we? Where we are kind of think, look, we want to give listeners a mix of quick tips, but also more strategic pieces on what's most effective. And this is based on our experience working with a ton of clients over the last, well, decade, really. And so, what we're trying to do, listeners, is have a mix in this show and we've got, we've actually going to have a rapid fire set of quick tips for how to speed up your use of HubSpot in this show, but we're also going to intersperse it with a few things. So this is insights, strategy, directions that we would just recommend you look at. And we try and give some of our experiences working with clients. So it's kind of real world experience, not just theory. And our goal with the show is really to help you use HubSpot more effectively and for it to save you time during the day. So Let's dive into it. I know we've got some quick shots though, first, and then we're going to dive into some of our tips, aren't we, Ian?
0: That's right, Craig. And so let's start with our quick shots. And here are a few items. And there's been quite a few to start off with. The first one that we really love is a multi step custom feedback survey. And this is available to all service Hub Pro users and above. The next one is? Well,
1: scheduled workflow triggers. So this is in Operations Hub Pro. And above, What it allows you to do is automatically schedule workflows to fire, say every day or a day of the week or month even. So this is really handy. I'm kind of frustrated it's in Operations Hub. I wish this was in Marketing Hub Pro and above, but yeah, there it is. That's rolling out very handy.
0: Correct. And don't confuse that with the delay within the workflow, just to be aware of that. The next one is there's Python support in workflows, and this is again in Operations Hub Pro and above. There's two improvements to
1: forms. You can add company properties. I think that's been coming for a little while, but you can also add custom object properties to forms.
0: And the next one is attribution reporting in campaigns. And this is if you have marketing hub enterprise. And also, finally, there is a recap of all the November updates that have been rolled out. And we'll be coming back to a few of these in the shots below and in future shots. So by all means, if you don't have the show notes, you should sign up and get the show notes because everything is in there. And we've got screenshots, we've got little links to videos and tutorials, and it's a great place to get all your HubSpot goodness. All right. What's the HubSpot marketing feature of the week, Craig? Well, this is a very quick one. Did you know
1: there's a version history in web pages and emails and blog posts and things like that? A lot of people might not even know about this, even if you did know about it, you might have forgotten how to access it. So it's very simple. Again, screenshot in the show notes. You just go up to that last saved indicator. You can click on that. So often you'll see a web page I oh, last saved three minutes ago. Click on that and it'll actually give you a link to the full version history. You can see every change that's been saved. This saved my bacon just this morning, actually, Ian, because I made a change to a page yesterday which broke a link. And I was wondering why And this one. Mo- oh, right. Just reverted to a previous version. So that's very handy.
0: All right, and now let's talk about attribution reporting in campaigns. And HubSpot has been continually rolling this reporting out across the product. And what you will find is that there is a new revenue attribution widget within the performance tab that breaks this down. And so if you're on Marketing Pro, you're not going to see this, but if you're on Enterprise, you'll see that there within the campaigns tool.
1: I think this is so good. By the way, listeners, this is an example of us telling you how to use HubSpot effectively. So maybe the previous tip was, you know, a quick tip. That's an efficiency thing. This is effectiveness. So attribution reporting, as you said, Ian, is rolling out throughout the product. It's just becoming foundational. Here, and I've included screenshots from a campaign in our own portal. And what you'll notice if you go and look at it, listeners, is it actually highlights we had a goal for it around a certain sales figure, but the attributed revenue is actually much lower. It's actually a, a tenth of it. And so we'd set up attribution reporting. And one, one thing that's a side effect of this is it highlighted that, hang on, we're not getting the sales. The campaign's not working. And that actually was an early indicator to me that something's not right. Turns out we weren't doing the tracking properly. So attribution hadn't been set up properly for UTM parameters tracking. And then it also highlighted that we hadn't included all the right assets into this campaign. So why am I mentioning this? Well, I'm almost highlighting a mistake that I'd made in this campaign, but the beauty of this attribution reports is it highlighted it for me. So I was able to see something's not working. Okay, I can take corrective measures. So this is one of these things, attribution reporting. It's really good, not only because it highlights what is working, but it highlights that something might not be set up correctly. So attribution double-sided there uh, in its benefits.
0: And also you will see that uh, one thing Craig discovered, he had actually not put all the ad campaign assets in there. So he was able to fix that quickly. But the other great thing that I see in this attribution report is the ability to select multiple attribution models and compare the results. So are we going a linear first interaction, last interaction, U-shaped, time decay? And so most people be aware of this if they've probably done uh, Google Ads it just gives you a good understanding of based on attribution models where the contacts are being created and how to utilize that in making choices moving ahead. All right, let's talk about custom object properties in forms, which we discussed was a change that's come through now. And this is very useful, especially when you are looking at things like product registrations and you can combine properties to make that happen. Is that right, Craig? Yeah, that's right. And so
1: this is a quick tip back on like the efficient use. And as a good example of, yeah, a product registration form, you can actually create a custom object, which is around product registrations, rather than having to add those as fields on a contact record. And then in the form, you can have contact properties and custom object properties. So a simple example there. And of course, then you can report against it within... Uh, HubSpot as well. So yeah, just a very quick example of that feature.
0: And now here's something that uh, we discovered while trying to create reporting: is uh, HubSpot has introduced later source properties. And so, just like original source, where it has a drill down one and drill down two, we now have a later source with a drill down one and a drill down two. And we've started adding that to our contact views, lists, uh, reports, because it's actually really interesting. We always see first touch, but now we're seeing the latest source of when where people are interacting with us, which is really interesting. So we've got some screenshots about how to add that in to your contact sidebar layout, which will then show people what the latest source is. And below, we've also given uh, how it looks like in a report when you see that. But I've combined that with ad network and the interactions people have had with Ads. So this is really interesting because we had a customer that wanted to find out based on, we know we're generating leads. We know that people are touching ads, but we're also doing lots of email marketing. And this really highlighted to us that through the process, the original source, the later source and the ad interaction are very different, or there could be multiple interactions to get them to a sale. And it just helped us understand the impact and how we can improve things based on the data that we had, and so here's something on how to be effective in HubSpot.
1: This was so good when you highlighted this to me, Ian. I was like, "This is fantastic." It's it's almost the tip of the month, you know, tip of the year. There, latest source. One of the things about that report that you created, and so what Ian's done is combine contacts and deals and add activity in the custom report builder. Really like this because it shows effective attribution. Here's my prediction, Ian. At the end of the year, if someone were to do a word cloud that um, analyzed all the words we talk about in the show, I think attribution and reporting are going to be some of the biggest words we use or most common words we use. Attribution and reporting. It's so helpful, improving effectiveness uh, for using HubSpot. So I I really think this is uh, just a great example, last source, Great example of attribution, and then you've used it in a report
0: and I think you also get a lot of insight, Craig, into what 's going on and i this was kind of driven if I take a step back from we were generating a lot of contacts from paid social right, and we we're also doing Google ads, there is also a lot of email marketing, there are other sources that leads come in, and they were trying to figure out is it working, and what we discovered from creating this report is that No social paid social ad at this point in time, in this period, had actually generated a sale. So there were people interacting it on the journey, but not necessarily at the first point that resulted in a sale. So even though sometimes numbers look good or things are looking like they're in the right direction, this report or reports like these really give us an opportunity to go, is it really effective? And I think this is almost highlighting back to your campaign discussion that we had earlier, is that, is it delivering the results that we're after, or does it just look good as a number on a page? All right, onto HubSpot sales feature of the week. And I'm going to say, listeners, save 80% of your time finding things in HubSpot using the global search. And the top right is your friend. And you often would see this, but I know people don't use it. And I know I have seen with people go to, they want to search a contact, they click on the contacts menu, go to contacts, then they select the all tab, then they select within contacts and they click through and search the contacts. So let's say we can cut down 80% of your time to find this and this will give you instantly results to do with contacts, deals, companies, tickets, and even custom objects when you're searching in the portal. And Craig's put a little example in the show notes of him searching for myself and all the associated items that show up against my name.
1: I use this as a very quick litmus test when I'm training people on HubSpot. I say, oh, let's say you wanted to find a contact. Show me how you do that. If they don't use global search, I show them that and I'm like, hey, there you go. That's, that, that's you know, it's almost like that's going to save you the most time from now on because exactly like you said, they go to contacts or they go to companies or they go to deal and they're drilling down. It's just so time consuming once you know this tip. So, yeah, I just want to reiterate what Ian said there. Global search is your friend. Use it.
0: All right. The next little way to be more efficient is saving views with column sets. And when you're in your contacts uh, screen, you can actually save a view based on the future on what you want to see in those columns. And it'll remain like that. You don't have to keep going back and changing it to see those views in the, with those columns. So that's another quick tip.
1: Yeah, just a, a quick uh, expansion on that. So we normally set up an all contacts view, not the default HubSpot one, set up all the columns that we'd like in all the views and then... From that all-contacts view, we we then filter and save as new views. So everything kind of gets based on that initial all-contacts view that we create with all those layouts. And that's another time save. I'll I'll say to people, oh, so, you know, how do you get the layout you want? Oh, they create a new view almost, then they go and add. It's like, oh, use, just set it up once and then copy it to new views. Saves you multiple times.
0: Now, Craig, you'd be, I guess you'd be interested to know that I've just been doing that by default And I didn't realize other people went and did it the other way. And you've just highlighted that I've just done something instinctively, Mm. whereas other people haven't been. So that's very interesting. And here's another one. If you are using the HubSpot plugin in Outlook, there is often we get people to tell us either things get slowed down and things take too long. And one of the things we've discovered is in the plugin settings, If you just turn off show contact profiles in the sidebar, that can actually save and speed up your Outlook plugin in HubSpot, in Outlook, sorry, using HubSpot. So just try that. If you're having issues, it's a good place to get started to test just to improve your speed. All right. The next thing that I love is cancelling and rescheduling meetings. And this has been a handy time saver for people because if they can't make make the meeting, they can now click on and reschedule the time with you or cancel the meeting altogether. And listeners, if you've already got meetings set up, you need to just go back in and edit them and enable this because it's on a per meeting basis. So another really great feature from HubSpot.
1: Another quick tip, HubSpot notifications. So I actually had this earlier in the week. Someone was saying, oh, I get all these emails, that are notifications that a contact's been assigned to me or a deal assigned to me and all of this. It's so distracting. Like, oh, you realize you can control that? Just go into notifications. So another quick tip, go into your notifications. It's under settings. Go into each of those areas, expand them and untick. And I've got in the show notes a screenshot of some things that I untick because they used to just clog up my inbox. Mostly around when things are assigned to me. I don't need to be notified of that. I've got other ways that I keep on top of things like that. Your mileage may vary. Tailor it to suit your own. But yeah, keep those notifications at a minimum.
0: All right. onto our HubSpot service feature of the week, Craig. Feedback survey updates.
1: Yeah. So let's just take a step back and remind listeners about what the various surveys are. There's four types of surveys that you can create in Service Hub now. And there's three main that are more an industry standard. And then there's a custom survey, which we're actually going to talk about in a little bit more detail. But I'll just quickly recap them. There's customer support surveys. So these are those quick ones you get after you do a support ticket. You know, how was your experience? How would you rate the support you received? That's a customer support. There's also customer satisfaction. That's normally, you know, you get asked about your overall happiness. What was it like? That's um, now. An added feature, you can actually add those to chat interactions now. And then there's the NPS or the customer loyalty surveys. That's that kind of standard net promoter score. And that's really about whether a contact would recommend you. So they're the three main ones, you know, support, support ticket experience, then your overall happiness experience, and then uh, would you recommend. So they're the three months. But there's also a custom survey, fourth type of survey. That's what we're going to talk about. And so there's two main enhancements to that that have come out. Uh, the custom surveys, which, as the name implies, they're just free form. You can ask questions, all that kind of thing. In fact, if you've answered uh, or received one of our Hubshots surveys, that was a custom survey. Well, they've actually got better. They can now have steps in them. So instead of one big long survey, it can actually have multi steps as well. So in the show notes, got a, uh, just a screenshot where just shows how easy it is. You just go into the module, drag the step module onto your survey and it breaks it up nicely. So yeah, they're really enhancing the, um, the surveys. I think they're actually tweaking some of the styling abilities as well. It's still not as good as other parts of uh, HubSpot, but yeah, it's getting better.
0: And the other one that is actually good in surveys is now you, it has shows up the previous questions that you have used. So they're called the previous question bank. You can now select that in your surveys and save yourself more time because you can just drag them across and reuse them. All right, onto our HubSpot workflow action of the week. And this is about enrolling people in a sequence and you need to have sales enterprise to do this and it happens within the workflow tool. And you'll see an example of in the show notes of where we enroll somebody in a sequence and then what we do is we wait until they visit a page on the site. And then I've got a call in there for the, the contact owner to call the person. And then it gets, de, there's a delay in there once that happens because we're looking for a positive outcome of that call. And then once that takes place, what happens is that the person gets unenrolled from the sequence. Now, if you know, if someone replies, they're going to get unren- unenrolled anyway. So this takes care of this option where the call is actually put in. And it do- means that, that, And unenrollment will automatically happen once the core task is completed. All right. Here's one of our shots inside of the week. Fragility versus anti-fragility.
1: All right. So changing gears a little bit because we've just done rapid fire quick tips. And by the way, if we sped through them too quickly, do make sure you sign up for the show notes, hubshots.com slash subscribe. I'll be sent to your inbox every Friday. But yeah, I wanted to just talk about anti-fragility. If you've read uh, Taleb's book, Anti-Fragile, then you'll be familiar with this term of anti-fragility. In essence, it's the ability to grow stronger when put under stress. So if you think of someone when they break their bones, they grow back stronger as opposed to them being wiped out completely. Now, it's also in comparison to Resilience. People talk about being resilient or bouncing back. That's not anti fragility because that's almost more trying to resist being stressed, being put under stress. So we're not talking about that. Talk about anti Now, why am I talking about that? Well, coming into 2022, and this is uh, calling back to our intro to the show, thinking about what sets you up to survive the year and, in fact, grow stronger in the year, because I know there's, well, we all know there's global challenges going on. And it's constant learning. That really is the only thing you directly control that directs your future. So it's a very, uh, I guess, a very trite kind of comment, but I want to pick up on it because in these times, it's very easy to be downcast and worried. And the tendency when you do that is to focus on things that you can't control. You read the news or social, and uh, we didn't talk about it in the intro, but I've got a whole section in the in the show notes where I talk about distraction and avoiding distraction. but we are sucked into this despondency and learning is actually a way out of that because it's something we control. So go and learn a new skill or enhance a skill in HubSpot or marketing or whatever, learn a skill and apply it. And the other key thing that I've found uh, just as a result of having a break and getting that mind space was freeing up time to create. So I just wanted to remind marketing managers and uh, CMOs and salespeople about this, because at the moment, there are so many outside pressures that you can be distracted away from this approach. But if you want to be anti-fragile, if you want to protect yourself and your career, then learning and then creating is your channel for that. And it also reminds me of when we talked a few episodes ago about growth mindset. I was thinking back about the most successful people in our team and also our most successful customers and clients. And they all have a growth mindset, which is this sense that I don't know everything. Uh, I don't know that yet. Remember the word yet? Growth mindset is I don't know that yet, or I'm not good at that yet. Continual learning is your tonic to career decay.
0: Well said, Craig. On to our marketing tip of the week and reducing LinkedIn spam. And this is something that you've implemented.
1: I don't know if this is a tip of the week or more a tongue-in-cheek tip of the week. But speaking of learning, which we've just talked about, a few months ago, I changed my profile on LinkedIn. I took out all that stuff about my, you know, my title and what I do and outcomes and CTAs, you know how people have all of that. And I just changed it to, I am always willing to learn. That's what I just put up there. And guess what happened? I stopped getting people reaching out to me All that LinkedIn spam, you know, people contacting you and sending you spam emails and all this kind of stuff, it just stopped. And I think it's because I just changed my profile. People don't really want to connect with me (laughs) when I'm always willing to learn. Who knew, Ian? Anyway, so yeah, I've called it a tip because if you want to cut down on your LinkedIn spam, just change your profile and take out all the the humble bragging stuff and um, make it real and see what happens. Your mileage may vary, but there you go.
0: All right. On to our thought of the week, Craig. Working with mentors. All right. And uh, yeah, getting a bit more
1: sensible. And this was, again, I had that time over the break to reflect on last year and the year ahead. And it reminded me about the importance of having mentors. Now, I'm very lucky. I actually have a mentor I meet with each week. He's an experienced CEO. He's uh, running quite a large ASX-listed company. And- he spends 25 minutes with me every week, just going through some of my goals. Uh, I get to talk with him about the way I'm positioning the business or, or plans I have. Could be anything, staffing problems or sales, whatever it is. And the funny thing about it and why I mention it, and because I feel very lucky. I'm very lucky to have someone so experienced helping me. Now, he's not a marketer. But one of the things that I was reflecting on is that he helps me with marketing So he actually gives me guidance on how to do marketing. He's not a marketer and I am. And yet a lot of the value I get from him is him talking about marketing and positioning with me. The way he does that is just to challenge my ideas and reflect back to me how he perceives me and our business in the market. And the problem is, and we've actually, you and I, Ian, have had this experience lately. We've actually, you know, working with someone that's helping with some copywriting for us. She actually spent an hour asking us all the questions we normally ask our clients. Correct. So my point is, it's not that we don't know how to do it. It's not a knowledge. It's not an understanding issue that you know, we, we need to learn. It's actually a perspective issue and having someone outside reflect back on you. So the reason I highlighted that marketing one, I'm a marketing person and a non-marketing person is actually challenging me on marketing, find it very helpful And the other thing that I'll highlight to listeners is, and you're probably aware of this, is that psychologists go to psychologists. Now, it's not because the psychologist doesn't know how to be a psychologist. They do, of course. They do that with their own clients. But they go to another psychologist for another perspective. So it's not about knowledge. It's about perspective. That's the key. So I wanted to highlight this as the thought of the week uh, on the show for marketing managers and sales managers and things like that. It's not about knowledge. It's about working with a mentor or a coach to give you perspective. And I think that's going to be really important, well, as people grow in their career and become more senior, but also for the year ahead when there's a lot of changes happening and we need to respond quickly. The final thing I'll just say about a mentor is that they'll often bring their own uh, systems and also accountability. So just being accountable to someone can be valuable in its own right. It's kind of like working with a a personal trainer, right? I think most people know how to do a push-up or a lunge. It's not lack of knowledge, but there's accountability and someone just working with you, encouraging you and giving you feedback. So the takeaway from all of this is I've benefited so much from this uh, over the years. I would encourage uh, people, even if you're still junior, look for mentors and coaches that you can work with to help you uh, in your career.
0: And uh, listeners, I can attest to this because I often quiz Craig after his sessions to find out what he has learned or what he got challenged with. And I have seen the immense growth in Craig personally and even in his business as he has really, you dived in deep and you've, you're a good listener and you're a good implementer. And I think that's made the difference in uh, seeing results. And I think Funnily enough, I also had one of those, one of these sessions this week and you're right. One of the things that was highlighted to me is the accountability, as As my mentor said, accountability is a secret source to the whole thing because it's us doing what we're saying we're going to do without having other people telling us what we need to do. And that just made a big difference. So I would encourage everybody that listens, no matter, like Craig said, no matter how old or young you are, there is always an opportunity to learn and to grow. And then talking about that, onto our quote of the week about good mentors. Here's a quote from Ted Lasso. And this is from series two, episode 12, about inverting the period of success. And it says, a good mentor hopes you will move on. A great mentor knows you will. And finally, our training of the week. As we've been talking about attribution and reporting, there is a great bit of training on the HubSpot Academy and it's to do with HubSpot Reports about measuring a marketing success with revenue attribution reports. And there are three videos that should take you under 30 minutes to complete and well worth doing as you start this year. Any closing words, Craig? Welcome back for another year of fun
1: and excellence ahead.
0: That's right. And again, listeners, if you do want help with anything HubSpot related or HubSpot coaching in in that matter, please go to HubShots.com and put your name on the wait list for that. Well, Craig, until next week.
1: Catch you later, Ian. Hey there. Thanks for listening to this episode of HubShots. To get the latest show notes, HubSpot tips and marketing resources, sign up at HubShots.com. You can also book time with us to help you grow better with HubSpot.